Modern Black Man Podcast. To another episode of Modern Black Man Podcast. Today I'm joined with uh, one of my favorite co-hosts, Carol Ford III. Uh, Carol, thanks for taking the time out, man. I appreciate you making it. <clears throat> no problem, bro. Appreciate you uh, extending the invite. I know we've been trying to get back on for a while, but uh, yeah, a lot of things been going on with the network, some good, some bad, but uh, just trying to keep pushing forward and making things happen. Yeah, man. Let's talk about it, man. Uh, you know, I'm really into the NBA, and I know you are all over the sports scene. Uh, I think you said you've been watching some more uh, basketball games. Is that right? Yeah, you know, the playoffs here and the unfortunate uh, Capitals early exit from the playoffs in hockey. I, uh, you know, I'm a, not going to say I'm a Golden State fan, but I enjoy watching them play, and I'm a Steph Curry fan, definitely. So I've been uh, checking out the conference finals. I didn't really get too much into it until the conference finals started with uh, Milwaukee versus Toronto. And uh, as we've seen, Golden State sweeping uh, Portland out of the conference finals. I mean, they made that sweep out west. Do you think that uh, all this rest is going to make them uh, unstoppable when the NBA Finals comes around? Yeah, I pretty much already got them. Uh, this would be a three-peat for them, I believe. So yeah. I, I don't really see anything stopping them, either Milwaukee or Toronto. I don't think they have the firepower or the ability to uh, defend uh, that team with how wide open they can play and uh, – and uh, Draymond Green, you know, a lot of folks talk about him and don't like him, but he's a very integral part to that team. Yes. And, uh, yeah, Steph plays well, but, you know, Draymond, you know, he hustles, he gets the rebounds, he's bringing the ball up court. Exactly. He, yeah, I, I was peeping that, you know, like I said, I'm not a big fan, but, that, you know, just watching, you know, out of the blue, I was noticing that in the series that he's a very crucial part to that team. Because Clay can't do half of the stuff that Draymond does. Um, no disrespect to Clay. But he's just a he's just a shooter. Um, that's their specialty. I think when they go deep into the uh, playoffs in this NBA Finals with these Eastern Conference teams, I think it's going to look very different um, because of the defense they play. I'm really hoping that uh, Toronto uh, ends up taking them uh, t- to the finals because I think that I think they can pick up two games. I think that they could legitimately win a couple of games on Golden State, and if they start off winning the first two games. I don't know. I think that would be a, a, a huge thing for our culture, for the basketball culture. Um, I think it would change uh, a lot of allegiances. True, true. Well, honestly, I don't want to see Toronto go because I don't want to see Drake at the finals. That's just my personal thing. Nothing. I just get tired of seeing his little ass everywhere. I wish I could be there like he is. You said Drake? <laughs> yeah, Drake, man. I'm tired <laughs> of seeing that dude everywhere. Yeah. But uh, it's definitely going to be interesting. Yeah, Leonard's made some uh, some hell of a shots in the playoffs, the end series to end games. So he is going to be the X factor. But I just don't uh, I don't think anybody has enough firepower to stop the offense. And then if Durant comes back, and you got Cousins possibly coming back, I mean they're just so deep and uh, you know so potent. I, I mean if they if Toronto can get two, I I say that'll be a feather in the hat for them because I don't even see I see it being a four one. You said one game. You can't even give them two. Uh, well, they pulled off two against Milwaukee. They did look good against Milwaukee the other night because I thought Milwaukee was going to get game four. So, I mean, like I say, I'm not a big fan. I, I guess I'm more of a Steph Curry fan and a Golden State fan. So, I would like to see him win 4-1, but we know it all comes down to how it goes down on the court. Right. It'll be a good game. Um, I just 
I just don't want it to be Golden State in the finals sweeping yet another team, <laughs> sacrificing, you know, this franchise and just making basketball look the way that they make basketball look. Well, I think this going to be the last year if they do win it and they do sweep it. You know, Durant, he's probably not going to be back. And there are going to be some changes. So, you know, it might not be the same next year and you don't know what super team gets made. And then you got the uh, the Zion X Factor, you know, with him getting ready to get drafted. No telling what might go on, you know, how the NBA is. So, um, it's going to be interesting. But, you know, I always say I miss the old NBA. This this stuff they call basketball now is not up to par. In I my agree. Opinion, but it, it, it's definitely entertaining. Yeah. But it, I miss I miss the fundamentals. You mean you mean uh, arch and rivals, uh, uh, brawling uh, when you get down the court, <laughs> actual physical play when it's not a flagrant one when yeah. somebody you know might catch an elbow to the chest. It's not a flagrant foul, two foul shots and the ball on the side. Come on, now it's going to get you playing seven games and trying to get to the championship. Things going to get heated. That's why I love hockey. I was just about to say, that's all the hockey fans are coming out. Exactly. <laughs> let, them, let them play a little bit. You know, that they, they fighting for their, you know, uh, career lives and they're trying to get that elusive championship. Right. It's going to get a little dirty out there as long as they ain't throwing punches and, you know, hitting folks in the nose and blatantly and stuff like that. I mean, it's a physical game. Let it be physical. But, you know, this new age of concussions and, right. you know, protecting folks and all of that. You know, I I understand it. I don't have to like it, but I understand it. Right. Most definitely, man. Um, I just I just think that it's going to change again. I think the game in a couple of seasons it's going to get more physical um, because right now all the shooting and 140 points getting put up in a in a, a single game yeah. it's it's not as fun to watch as a good contest. And I see these 76ers, I see these Torontos, these um, Indiana Pacers, these physical teams starting to develop. And I think in three or four years, it's going to be slightly different. I don't think it's going to be as much of this finesse as we see today, but what do I know? Yeah, these players are getting bigger and faster and more physical, just like we see in football. So just like I said, Zion coming out, I haven't seen him play. I don't watch college, but – just hearing his size, I'm like, what in the hell? Six seven two. You haven't seen him play? No, he's six nah, nine. I haven't. He's six. See, that's that's that's. Crazy. Is he six seven? I, I'm not sure. I've heard. I, I'm not sure. We've talked about him in passing on our show on Sports on the Hill podcast. But you know, I don't watch any college sports. I have a. Uh, I lost my scholarship playing ball, and uh, I have a real. I ain't gonna say hatred for the NCAA, but it's too political. It's a strong uh, you distrust, these- isn't it? Yeah, I mean, you got these student athletes that work harder than most folks that's making all of these millions of dollars for these colleges that's overcharging for tuition, for education, and ain't worth nothing. And if they take $50 from a booster, they lose everything. But yet still the coach got shoe contracts, got radio contracts, got TV deals where he making millions of dollars off the sweat of these kids. And they got to practice, go to class, study, try to get good grades and balance it all. It's not fair. They need to find a way to compensate these kids somehow. And uh, I, I refuse to watch any college product whatsoever. I, I hey, that's good. That's a good position to take. I, I support your stance. I just I I, I do watch uh, college ball, um, just because I hated college ball for so long, man. I'm all about the pros, <laughs> uh, but now I'm starting to look at it as the feeder uh, to see what my next generation of talent is going to look like. To see the guys that are on my favorite team, and I mean Zion. 
I think I think he's that one man. He's uh, watching him play. I like those players that don't really know how to play basketball but dominate. And he is so just dominant. And I mean, he he doesn't have a shot. He just bangs inside. He gets you boards. He plays some defense. He gets those blocks. Hyper athletic. Um, I want to see what happens to him at the next level. And I think that this New Orleans thing could either be the best or the worst thing that could happen to him. Because I don't think that he's going to have someone to develop under. I don't think Anthony Davis is going to take a kid a couple years younger than him and really put successful resources into him to him being his uh, replacement. I just think that's foolish. And I don't think they're going to play together side by side. But then again, Boogie was really successful down there. So that might be the format or the template for that franchise. Well, uh, it's definitely going to be interesting. But we uh, had a discussion on Monday night show. We talked a little bit of playoffs. And I'll put the question to you since you're more of a uh, basketball guy. You know, there's been, you know, rumblings that Zion uh, doesn't really want to go to the Orleans just because of that situation with Anthony Davis and not knowing what's going on. Mm-hmm. And uh, we were talking about the likelihood of him making a demand uh, to like uh, Steve Francis did back in, what, 2003 when he was supposed to go to mm-hmm. Vancouver mm-hmm. to demand a trade. What do you think the likelihood of that happening? And if he does make that demand, what do you think will happen? I definitely think if he is successful in that maneuver, he's going to go to a basement dweller. Uh, I would normally say it would be like the Cavaliers, um, but I don't know who that is in the NBA now. Is that the Suns? Is that the uh, um, – it's not the Magic. Um, I can't think of who that would be. But if he's successful in, in, in that attempt, he would go to a team like that. He wouldn't go to the Lakers. He wouldn't go to a sexy team that we want to see him on like Knicks. I think that he would go to an obscure franchise in the in the West – where he would never get out. Best case scenario would be like an OKC to answer your question. Um, I, I really, I, I don't know. I don't know if I really believe that he would be successful, but if he is successful, I think he would go to a franchise um, like that, or even the Spurs just because pop, I just see him uh, maneuvering like a Bill Belichick um, and just making that happen. Whether he has to give like two first round picks or gets rid of some premier talent, or in the Spurs way, package up guys that we've never even heard of uh, to turn into Zion deal. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, definitely going to be interesting to see how things fall. I got one more question for you because about the NBA lottery system. Do mm-hmm. you feel like the NBA lottery system is rigged? Oh, my. I think every lottery, <laughs> I think every lottery is rigged because it's it, – it, it, how how do how do I know that there's an aspect of fairness, right? Exactly. Um, there's no way for us to really know. So I mean, it's just as pertinent if it's a predetermined outcome or if it's random. It's never my way all the time, and I have a problem with that. Yeah, well, at least with hockey, they show them picking the balls out of the the thing. The mm-hmm. NBA is always behind closed doors and some big ceremony to unveil who won. And you even had some folks who even though the New Orleans didn't have the best shot at winning it, they figured with the Anthony Davis situation and all the stuff and Jordan being the key member down there that they were going to somehow get the uh, number one pick. And you have a team like the Wizards who had a, what was it, a 9% shot of getting the number nine pick and a 3% shot of getting the number one. No, it was a 9% to get the number one and a 3% to get the number nine. And somehow they ended up with the number nine in New Orleans who had a better record than them ended up with the first pick. 
I really believe that the NBA is a progressive sports league. <laughs> that's a nice way to put that's a nice right? way to put it <laughs> I really believe it though I really believe that it's built around that and that um they're they're catching up they're they're catching up and I think that that's our privilege as far as sports league because of the the nature of their business because we all know that it's inherently uh predetermined I'm not gonna say rigged I'm gonna say it's <laughs> predetermined just like the NBA finals after two games I think that 90% of us know who's going to win um uh after just a couple of games I think LeBron shook things up a few years ago when they uh did the impossible but when was the last time you saw something like that yeah yeah that three coming back from 3-1 yeah that was huge and wasn't wasn't in my I didn't see that plot twist coming I'll say right but we saw the slant we, I mean, we all felt it. We speculated that, oh, if this happens and then that happens, how lucky can this guy get? Mm-hmm. And he took it. Yeah, the NBA, boys. That's why I say I don't really follow that much because it's too much. Like, it, it's, it's worse than WWE in some aspects. <laughs> At least you know WWE is scripted. The NBA try to act like it's still about the right. purity of the game. It's just as uh, predictable as Jackie Moon. But um, <laughs> I, I, I think the NFL is rigged. Um, I believe the Super Bowl, I think that that is the – we celebrate it. I think that's the one that we all watch in front of us that's inherently rigged. I don't think the game's real. I think that we know the champion two weeks before they even play the game. Uh, the I, I can see how some of the – I've seen some calls that can determine the game. I can't really see that these players that put their blood, sweat, and tears and blown ACLs and, and ruptured this and ruptured that that's risking their uh, long-term health, uh, you know, and not don't have a good pension program, which they're still fighting for. Now, I just can't see these guys risking their, you know, physicality, their ability to walk and have, you know, their senses when they get older to say that it's scripted when they're going out there giving their all. If I didn't see them giving an effort that I would see, then, yeah, I, I could say, yeah, it's scripted. I really don't, because me playing, being an ex-player and ex-coach, I, I see the blood, sweat, and dedication that these players put into it, and no matter what the owner or the league says, they're A1 alpha male personalities, and they're not going to say, okay, well, the league says we're going to do this, so it's going to be this way. I, I just can't buy into that being an ex-player. I hear you. Um, I, I, I love the NFL for how corporate it is. Oh, definitely. <laughs> it is. It's it's the perfect machine. Um, I just I just would like for it to be a happier medium, where it's a little bit more like the NBA, where they truly allow their players to be the ambassadors of their league. Uh, the players truly are a representation of the product in the NBA. Uh, yeah. The NFL, they're just cogs in the system. Yeah, it's just about the owners in the NBA. You said that very true. To uh... The NBA is more, you said it correct, is more progressive. They see some more of the issues like you've seen with the, the nailing with Colin Kaepernick and all of the craziness that happened in the NFL, but yet still you see how the uh, NBA owners embrace the you know Black Lives Matter and situation. They didn't talk about boycotting or this person should be fired or yada, yada, yada. They have a more open mind. I'm not going to say because it's more minority-based and you don't have as many and you have some, you know, minorities that's in keepers and more could keep positions in the NBA, which is true, which is not the relevant in the NBA, in the NFL where you don't have any black owners. 
and very few, you know, head uh, general managers that are of color. And uh, so it, it just goes into a whole vast gambit of what this country truly is. You know, I don't really want to get into the whole political aspect, but it is, it's a reflection of the culture. Absolutely. <clears throat> I know that um, new favorite thing. Um, I've gone to a few games and it's been like my favorite sports experience since I've been out here, man. The Wizards games are kind of depressing and sad. <laughs> they never win. They never, ever win. And um, you find yourself watching the other squad. Um, it's depressing. But the baseball games, we're not the best baseball team in the world, but I've seen some wins and they look competitive. And I kind of feel like this is the uh, is this the, the, the year that we start to, to really reload and rebuild. Yeah, I'm actually watching a – Nats right now they're up mm-hmm. one nothing on the Mets in the bottom of the <clears throat> excuse me in the bottom of the seventh with the bullpen in Max uh, went a strong six innings uh, giving up no runs I believe he had ten strikeouts and this is the the one issue with this team that's glaring is the bullpen you know last night well the last two games against the Mets they've had the lead late and haven't been able to get a shutdown inning and giving up giving up a lead late last night they got walked off by RBI single in the bottom of the ninth when they had a, a one-run lead going into the eighth, and uh, the man couldn't even get the job done. He gave up a home run to tie the game, and uh, unfortunately they couldn't get any offense, and they got an RBI single in the bottom of the ninth to end the game. So I'm uh, I'm not sure what – I know we still have injuries. I know I'm not a Davey Martinez fan. I've given him a little bit of slack this year so far with Trey getting injured so early in the season and the team being younger and the – subtraction of Bryce Harper that folks aren't really yes uh, even mentioning that because his presence in the lineup even if he's hitting or not it makes the other pitching staff pitch your other players differently because right. they don't get to him and that's a, a trickle-down effect and then you also have to add in that they're young players that's you know over eager to try to succeed in our you know swing and these pitchers know that and they're exploiting them and they're trying to uh, they're trying to do too much they're striking out. They're leaving runners in scoring position and leaving runners on base. You know, you're hoping that, you know, it starts clicking soon. But with them being uh, nine games under 500 and eight games out of first, it's uh, starting to get to be uh, raising your eyebrow. Like, okay, it's time for these guys to either get it together or they're going to be uh, sellers at the trade deadline. I'm telling you, it's going to be interesting. Um, I believe, I think that it's going to be a turn for the better. Um, I just – I, I really, I really think it's going to surprise a lot of people. Um, I'm just disappointed at the bats. They don't have any power hitters. They don't have anybody that can really threaten pitching on the other side. Um, so I think that's going to be the splash in the season. Um, well, they got Soto. He's just going through a little slump right now. He had a tower with home run last night to the. To then the he only third had like day. ten on the season. I just checked the stats. Yeah. Like he, he only has like ten home runs for the season. That's so disappointing. Like, yeah, well, uh, still, uh, remember, <laughs> he's only 20 years old, man. He's only 20 years old. He still has to learn. And remember, he came from Cuba, and he's been in the farm system for a little while, so he still has to adjust to the major league game. That hot, you know, start he had last year that he, uh, you know, came on, now they have film on him, and now they're exploiting some of his weaknesses True. in his game that he has to strengthen in. So it's all about experience. And, uh, you know, Does dude have, like, 30 RBIs, though? Oh, so uh, 
something like that because I think he's in the two. He's in the two hole. I no, he's in the four hole. I believe because they got Rendon batting third. So, uh, and definitely with Rendon being as hot as he is, you know, he's been playing well. So when they by the time they get to Soto, you know, even Rendon had already got a run in, or you know, they're looking to get him out, and they're using his aggressiveness being a youngster against. They get, but Strasburg's still good. Um, oh, Strasburg, he's uh, been playing very, been pitching very well. I've uh, loved the way his game has developed. It's, it's hard to believe he's been here uh, going on 10 seasons. He's about to be 30. It's wild. But, uh, yeah, he's had the, his last couple of starts have been very impressive. He went uh, eight strong innings, giving up no runs and three hits his last start. And uh, he's been locked in. My uh, my issue, has, I ain't going to say issue, but my concern has been uh, Mad Max because he hasn't been his normal self. He's sitting at 2 St. and 5. St. Louis right boy. <laughs> yeah, he's sitting at 2 and 5 right now. And uh, he hasn't been looking. I mean, he hasn't been, you know, giving up a lot of runs or anything. He just hasn't been looking like himself. So I don't know if it's, uh, you know, we've got spoiled with his performances over the last few seasons being a pitcher. So I don't want to think I, – I think it just might be I'm just used to him, you know, putting up stellar numbers all the time. So, I mean, he hasn't been pitching badly but the offense hasn't been consistent either. So he's only given up like two or three runs and still losing games three to two and three to one. So it's not like he's given up a lot of runs, a lot of hits. He's just, you know, not getting the offensive support that he needs. And he hasn't been getting those, uh, his changeup. I noticed I was watching MLB Network earlier. They said his changeup is getting hit at about two, at a 260 rate. And before this season, it was only like 187. So, uh, I'm not sure if the league's catching up with him after he's been here for a while. Or he has to do something a little differently in his pitching uh, repertoire. But, yeah, folks are starting to catch up to that elusive changeup that sets up his fastball in that slider. But the only wins that Scherzer gets is when they dominate. Uh, he's only gotten – he's like 2-5. and five. Uh, He won with the Dodgers. Uh, it was like 5-2. And then they won again against the Mets. It was 12-9. So when he's right, I think it's just the bats that float him. I mean, it's just those nights because any other time, it's pretty close. They don't put up more than uh, like three, usually about three or four runs. Yeah, they only gave them one tonight, and they holding on to a one nothing lead right now. So yeah, just hoping that the bullpen can do it. It's in the top of the eighth, so they got Doolittle waiting for the uh, next inning. So Doolittle's been locking it down. He has eight saves on the season. He's been the only member of the bullpen that's done his job. And he also has a three and one record, so that's kind of crazy. He got more wins than Mad Max. That's what they that, that's what they need to do. They gotta they gotta fine tune it. Um, do you think they're gonna get rid of any of their guys? I mean, they have a pretty young uh, bullpen, um, which I like a lot. Max is the oldest uh, guy um, in their in their pitching pitching group. I'm sorry, Tony Sips, thirty five, and then yeah, I'm then it's Max. I'm thinking that uh, Defoe and Michael Taylor might be some trade bait with them having Robles, Soto, and Eaton out there in the uh, outfield. I'm thinking that uh, Defoe, because he's had someone and Trey was out. I'm not going to blame him for losses, but his defense was getting a little exposed. He had a couple of opportunities to end some innings. And uh, one, one time against the Mets last week, he had a chance for a double play ball that uh, he had bounced it to the first baseman and ended up loading the bases in X. Uh, Nat Wilson Ramos came up and hit a grand slam in the bottom in the bottom of the top of the first to basically you know in that game in the first inning. So I think Defoe and Taylor might be trade bait, and even uh, 
they were talking about uh, Mad Max being possible trade, but I don't think they should ever trade Max. Uh, the, I think the real issue right now was Anibal Sanchez not doing what the team expected him to do. Uh, Corbin, he's been pitching well. Strauss been pitching well, and it's that number five spot. They didn't board up Eric Fetty. Uh, he pitched decent last night. He didn't give up too many runs. He's kids uh, vulnerable to the home run ball, but he played pretty well, pitched pretty well last night. And I think that he could – he is an X factor on this uh, rotation. If he can get himself together, then I can lock down that five spot. Then you can leave Joe Ross in the bullpen and let him develop because I was actually peeping – uh, Blake Triton, ex, you know, national, you know, top prospect that couldn't get himself together. He's actually a closer now in the American League, and I think he has like nine saves. So it's all about putting the people in the right position to be successful. And I just think that's what the key is right now that Martinez hasn't figured out the uh, right combination in his bullpen, and the pitchers haven't been performing to the way they should be performing. Couldn't agree with you more on that one. It's, um, it's fun, but I think we can do a little bit better. Oh, most definitely. Uh, this team is too tired to be uh, nine games under 500 this late in the season. I'm sorry. But do you think they'll get to 500 uh, over the season? Uh, this week is a prime week. They got the Mets and the Marlins, two of the teams that's, uh, you know, not good, but they done lost the first two to the Mets trying to uh, salvage something this game so they won't get swept or only even one game. And then they had the Marlins who's been – playing, you know, better. They actually swept the Mets last weekend, and they actually almost swept the Nets when the Nets went down to Miami. So, it's a it's a head-scratcher with this team. I've been following this team since they've been in D.C., and been following them since we've been doing, doing our show for the last three seasons, and this is the most inconsistent and disarray I've seen this team in since, like, 2010, when they were still trying to find themselves after they moved to the city. Mm. We'll see. Um, I'm just thankful that you uh, had some time for me tonight. Um, you know, it's always a pleasure talking sports with you, man. You, uh, you're doing your thing, man. It's just nice to be able to pick your brain and kind of uh, bounce some ideas around. So thank you for uh, making time. Did you want to uh, shout out any projects that you're working on or any uh, social media handles? Uh, sure. Appreciate it. Always love coming on. Always have a good conversation. Appreciate it as always. Uh, yeah, you can uh, catch uh, Sports on the Hill podcast every Monday night and Thursday night. Monday nights from 7 to 9 and uh, Thursday every other Thursday night from 9 to 10 on True Radio Network. Uh, you can catch us on, you can check out our website, sportsothp.com. Robbie, my co one of my co-hosts, always has the show uploaded so you can catch it live or go back and check out any of our show's archive. Uh, just be on the lookout. We got a lot of stuff in the works. Unfortunately, uh, two weeks ago, we lost the founder, o- founder and owner of True Radio Network, Jason Terrell, aka Black GOP. His funeral is actually on Friday, and uh, we're kind of in a rebuild. Well, we, we we're not rebuild, but we're in a you know regroup mode right now, trying to figure out uh, the next things. We got to tie some loose ends up and you know get everything up and running because he was such a integral part of the network and the show and um you can check us out or you can follow the youtube channel sports othp or you're probably better off following carol porter the third with three eyes on the number three that's where i put all the facebook live simulcast highlight videos commercials when we go to the games live uh we'll be going to the valor game on the 15th when they're back in town with uh, press credentials giving you the live footage and uh you can just hashtag sports othp cp3 true radio network google us it'll come up You can find us any and everywhere.
Man, check him out, man. Hardest working man in the business, man. Um, <laughs> appreciate always appreciate it. you, man. All right, man. Well, you have a good rest of the show, and uh, hit me up next time you want me to come on, man. I have no problem. Got to try to get you on Sports on the Hill sometime. Man, for sure. You know I'll be there. Until the next episode, y'all. Peace. All right, sincerely from the bottom of my heart, please uh, rate this podcast on Apple. Apple Music, get on there and give us a rating. I hope you give us a good rating, but if you uh, want to tear it down, be real about it. Let us know how we can get better. All we're trying to do is just, you know, spread more love in this world. Peace. Modern Black Man Podcast.